Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Uh, so, so this series is going to be, we're going to talk all about parenting. I'm going to share some failures with you. I'm going to share successes with you. And I'm going to share areas where I need to grow. And I hope that through this series, you'll be willing to be honest with yourself as well. Uh, we're going to go five weeks on this. In the fifth week, the fifth Sunday, I'm going to take your questions. Now, we did this during our Love, Marriage, Baby Carriage series. And it was a little, it was a little nerve-wracking because I didn't know what kind of questions I was going to get when we did it live. So we're switching that. <laughs> we're switching that. And I'm going to bribe you for your questions, for your parenting questions. So get out your devices. If you've got a device, get it out. Get, op- get open to your browser or to your, your we- interwebs or internet or however you access that. And type in this web address. It's sc, for Simple Church, speaks.com. Sc-speaks.com. That'll pull up a page, and that will provide you an opportunity to ask your question. So I'm going to say this every week. Give you four weeks. I even put it on my Facebook a couple weeks ago. And the questions that are rolling in are fantastic, okay? Now, if I use your question in the service, so the fifth week, I'm just going to answer all questions. That's what it's all going to be about. If I use your question, I will give you either a Chipotle or a Starbucks gift card, okay? So that's my bribe. So go ahead and get your device out. Fill out those questions now. I'm okay with that. I've kind of gotten over the fact that people are playing with their devices during service. I'm all right with that, okay? Just know if you're playing Flappy Bird, I will make fun of you. That's, that's going to happen. You will not be reprimanded. You will be made fun of. Okay. So before we get into this series, let me, let me ask a question. How many of you are currently parents or are hoping someday to be a parent? Would you raise your hand and then take a look. Look around this room. Look around this room right now. This is why we do it. You can put your hands down. Thanks. We can, this is why we do a series like this. Because we're, this is something that is relatable to us. You know, I'm a parent of three kids. I have twin boys, Tyler and Trent. And my daughter is 11. She's, uh, her name is Kasaya. And, uh, and, and I need this series just as much as any of you. And I'm not saying that to sound humble. I'm not. Uh, let, let me give you some examples. I'm saying that because this last year, as I look over my life, there are evidences in my life and in my parenting that show me that I need this series and to talk through this. And so uh, in, the, in the past year, I, I have one of my kids that, that cussed at an adult, that got into a very frustrating situation and cussed at an adult. Some of you are laughing. You are the pastor's kid did that? Yep. <laughs> I have a kid that just this weekend spray painted our jungle gym. He decided to graffiti tag our jungle gym in the backyard with gold, gold spray paint put his name, his friend's name, and then wrote vandals down the pole. And I'm like, and, and what makes it worse is I was just around the side of the house throwing football with the other kids, and he was like within earshot, man. Like, it just happened. And then he decided it'd be a good idea to get his airsoft gun, put that can of paint up there, and, and, and shoot at it. And uh, thank God nobody was hurt. <laughs> I, have, I have another kid this year that was that somebody texted him a, an Instagram hashtag. An Instagram hashtag, okay? If you know what hashtags are, they are, you can tag your photo with a hashtag and say, like, MCM, that's Man Crush Monday, or WCW, Woman Crush Wednesday, or something like that, right? So you put your picture up, and then you hashtag it. 
Well, they gave him this hashtag, which I'm not going to tell you what it was. It's not, <laughs> I don't want you to do it. But he clicks on it, and the next thing you know, he's looking at male genitalia. You know what I'm saying? And so he reports this to me, and I'm like, oh, dear Lord, we need to shut the, the Instagramming and the hashtagging down. We are all done. And so my entire family, in response to that, we all deleted our Instagram accounts, said this is what we're going to do. Okay, this is, this is, but anyway, so that happened. And then I've got another, another one that when we had the Instagrams was staying up, was taking the device to the room and was staying up late and past the bedtime, like till like 11 o'clock, 1130 at night and posting on Instagram like, that. I'm like, Hey, did you know that I knew that? Because it kind of puts a timestamp on it. You know, I can, <laughs> I can do math. I can do math and see that you were on that past your bedtime. I sent you to bed at nine and it was 1130. So anyway, so, so I deal with real stuff in my family, my own family, okay? And, and so you're not alone, and if you're dealing with, uh, with as much dysfunction as I am, welcome to the club, okay? That's all I want to say to you is welcome to the club. It's easy when you, when you have these situations, especially, I, I feel this, especially because I'm up front here, and I feel like I'm looked at, and, and you guys have got me on a pedestal, so I feel really, when I have child failure like that or parenting fail like that, I feel like a failure as a parent. I really do. And so it's really easy to feel that way. But I have brought you a boost of self-esteem this morning. Uh, it is very easy to go onto the internet and go to Google and visit that and type in parenting fail. If you want to feel good about yourself, this is the way you do it. Now, Google also yields some results that are not very healthy for you. So please, you know, do that at your own risk. All right. But I've brought some parenting fails that I think are interesting. So we're going to throw them up here on the screen and uh, make you all feel a little bit better about yourself. Yes, this is a parent fail. Now, you know that she said, now you're not going to like share that picture with anybody, right? We're just, you know, so this is, this is life imitating life here. And uh, I can't tell if that thing is lit or not. I'm not really sure, but parenting fail. Here we go. Next, next. Yeah, that's a, that's a, now, I can't tell if that's his right or his left arm. Is this a crossbody thing? It's, it's, it looks like both. He's got both there. And uh, I don't know what they're around. This looks like rides or a playground or something. But uh, I would say that's not an appropriate way to hold a child. Let's, let's move on, shall we? Move on. Yeah. Now, you have to wonder what was going through their head. I think it was probably raining, to give them a little bit of credit here. And the kid was concerned about his hairdo. And uh, dad or mom, whoever that is behind them, had to put that on the kid. I'm, I'm certain he went from being a uh, tannish color to being a blue color by the end of this. But uh, anyway, next. Shall we look? All right. Now, at first glance, this looks like a really cute picture until you look in the lower right corner. There. You see that? Anybody nobody see that? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. There's, there's something crawling up your back there, bud. He seems to be just fine with that. Next. Yeah. Now, I have to give the person credit. This is an incredible idea right here, right? Uh, and, and I have to say, she doesn't look like she's too upset. Well, all right, next. Yeah, this is... This gives a whole new meaning to pulling your child in a wagon. This is kind of like a pulling your child behind the wagon thing. But everybody's happy, except that little kid. Um, now, this says, I don't know if you can see it, it says, warning electric fence. And uh, it's, the question has to be, how close can I get to this electric fence? And then the child has got its hand wrapped around the electric fence. It's got a barb in its hand. Not surprised. Not surprised. This one, this is, uh, this is interesting. So this, this looks, at, looks, looks great. This is like, wait a minute, I'm going to take that baby, but i got to hashtag this. Just popped out a child, hashtag no pain, hash, thanks, 
thanks to epidural hashtag hashtag YOLO. I don't know. There's something happening there. Facebook and was a, was a priority here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now I wonder what his response was. Was it was it like hammer? Yeah, they used to call me that in high school. Like what? You know, there's a kid with a hammer behind you. That's not good. All right, next. Let's see. Now I think. I think there's a child in there somewhere, in case you missed that. A child. We have, do we have any more, Will? I think we have, one, we have one more. All right. Yeah, now, okay, so this is, a, this, is, this, is, this is kind of a parenting fail and also a parenting win. I mean, i got to be honest with you. That looks really comfortable to me. Are there any exhausted parents out there? Yeah, so you know, this is, this is very, very creative and very, uh, very, very cool. I like it. All right, thanks, Will. I appreciate that. All right, so, so if you've been feeling bad about your parenting, you're welcome. You feel a little better about yourself, right, if you've never been in these scenarios. So, uh, but look, I want to say this. You know, before we all had kids, we all thought it was going to be easy, right? We all thought, hey, man, I can do this. You know, I, I was a kid. I know what a household should look like. I, I, can, I can handle this. And we figured, you know, I got this. But, but, you know, what I love to do is I love to watch, like, new parents. You ever, anybody ever just watch new parents? New baby, it's like, no, don't touch the baby. You know, you have to ask permission for, and I always do. I'm, I understand, I get it. But all the new parents, are, they're very protective. Don't touch the baby. I don't want my kids to get germs. Or, you know, if the baby cries in the middle of the night, it becomes like a whole family affair. You know what I mean? Like, mom's up nursing the child. Dad's standing over her shoulder going, oh, he's so sweet. He's crying. Does he need to poo? Does he, does, he need a, does he need to burp? What's going on with baby? And everybody's up. The kids are even up going, oh, what's going on with little junior, dad? What's happened? It's a whole family affair. And that's, that's what happens with newborns. But as, as they move on, as they get a little older, that same child becomes a toddler, and you are in the middle of the night. So let's add some sleep deprivation to it. Maybe, it'll, you know, maybe some extra stress there. And you are sleeping, and that child comes in and goes, Dad, I just had a nightmare. What happens? It is completely different. Go back to bed. We all have nightmares. Leave me alone. Right? It completely, <laughs> it, it, it completely changes, right? And so, so, you know, parenting is very frustrating. There's a couple reasons why parenting is frustrating. Uh, I think it always feels like we're chasing our kids, you know, into each, each one of the, the phases of life, right? You know, once, because as soon as we've got the rhythm down of a newborn, as soon as we understand them, they start walking. They start crawling. They start defying us, right? They, they grow into a new phase. And as a parent, we're like, oh, I understood how to handle it when they, when they needed a, a, a bottle, but now, they're, now they want food. They want to try things, or the kids are... Now, choking on the food that you gave them. Congratulations. It's awesome. Didn't chew that one up enough or something. I, I don't know. But we're always chasing them into the next phase of life, right? Always chasing them. They, they become toddlers. They, then they go into kindergarten. Then they go into middle school. And then it's, it's high school. And then on to college. We're always behind as a parent. As soon as we got it, we got to grow again. And so it's, it's extremely frustrating for us. Another reason that, that parenting is frustrating is because each generation has its own set of difficulties, Right? Every generation does. And my grandparents, you know, the, the, the struggle that they will tell you is, I had to walk uphill to school both ways with my brother on my back, barefoot, in the, in the cold and the snow and the rain and all of that, right? That, that was their generation. That was the troubles of their generation. They didn't, they didn't have, like, like, sexual predators weren't heard of, right? You didn't hear about that much during, even in my parents' time, even in my time as a kid. You know, um, my parents said, Okay, go play, come home at 7. And I was all over the neighborhood. And it's not that my parents were irresponsible. It was just a different time. Right? It was a different time. I could go and I could play at people's houses or I could say I was just going to do this. And I could be gone for hours and there was no care or no worries about that. 
every generation is a little different. We'd say, we'd say that, um, that some of the challenges are that, that you know, when, we were, when we were younger, in my grandparents' time, it was assumed that there was a two-parent home. Well, that, that's no longer the situation, you know? When, when my parents were kids, now it kind of developed as I was a kid, but there was no internet porn. There, there was, you didn't have this kind of a challenge. You didn't have these kind of the Instagram issues that I have, right? You didn't have that as a kid, right? You certainly didn't have it on your devices. You had it on a computer and it was dial-up. You know what I'm saying? You guys remember dial-up? I can't even do the high-pitched sounds, but you know. So many people are trying. I appreciate that. Fill in the gaps where I fail and my communication. I appreciate that. And, and then ADD, right? When, when, when my parents were younger, we took the kid to the doctor and said, hey, my kid can't focus. And the doctor goes, yeah, that's because he's seven. Right? But we understand it a little different now. We understand that there are, there are things that, that, <laughs> that need to be explored. We understand that there, are, there are, are imbalances and things to deal with. And so, you know, the parenting dynamic is also constantly changing. Like, look, we've got single-parent families. We've got blended families. We've got co-parenting, joint custody, same-gender parenting. And all of these present different kinds of struggles and different kinds of, of scenarios. It's not just a, a one-size-fits-all anymore, right? There, as each different parenting model emerges, there are new challenges to face. How do we deal with these things? And so let me, let me just say it like this. When, it, when a child is born, it's kind of like getting a puzzle, right? When you get a puzzle, uh, you, have to, you have to pull out the pieces of the puzzle and, and, and um, let's see. Once, a, you, as a parent, you figure out what it takes. You try to piece this puzzle together, right? And uh, each, each part of it is, is uh, we want to make sure that our kids are healthy. We want to make sure that our kids are, are maturing, that they grow into being adults. But, like, the puzzle pieces are, like, this is their unique personality, their, their, their giftings, their, their talents, you know. And we try to fit it all together. We try to put all these pieces together and figure it out. And here's how we do it. We do it without a picture at all. Now, in this one, I've got, I've got a picture. I know what Iron Man looks like unless you flex it and he changes. But anyway, I know what it looks like. But parenting is kind of like piecing together the life of a kid and figuring out how to help them grow into a healthy, mature adult that can live and be a contributing member of society and doing all that without a picture. And the great news is, is that once you figure it out for one kid, it doesn't fit for the other kid that you've got. You've got to figure it all out for the other one, too, and understand how they work. And so that's what parenting is like. Once you figure it all out, you've got, you got to start over with them. It's so frustrating. One mom was asked after having six kids, and uh, they were all grown. They were asked, she was asked, she said, uh, if you had to do it all over again, if you had to go back and, and have kids all over again, would you do it? And she said, yes, I just wouldn't have the same ones, right? And so, <laughs> so as a parent, you understand that frustration, and uh, in all my years as, as a parent, uh, I've, I've never had a child or any, any otherwise say that, that, that uh, I've got anger issues or, or talking to, to a kid or, or an adult, that I've got anger issues, I've got insecurities, uh, I, I'm, I've got pride issues. They never say that all of it stems back to an event that they missed in, in middle school, right? Uh, they never say that, that I'm angry because I missed the sixth grade soccer team. Or they, they never say I don't get along with my dad because I went to public school. Or I'm insecure because my parents didn't buy me the new name brand clothes. Or I didn't get along with my coworkers because we never went to Disney, right? Nobody ever says these kind of things. And all the stuff we get worked up over as a parent trying to provide for our kids, most of it doesn't really even matter or make a difference or an impact on how they are going to be as an adult. 
It just doesn't matter. And yet the trend is to make sure that our kids get on the soccer team. We make sure that they get the best grades. You know, we push them harder. We make sure they go on vacations and they have elaborate vacations, right? We want to take them to Disney. We want the full Disney experience. And there's nothing wrong with these things. Intrinsically, nothing wrong with them at all. But we are killing ourselves to do it, right? And we want to make sure that they have all these experiences. We want to make sure that each kid gets this many Christmas gifts every year. And we stress about that. We want to make sure as parents that our kids go to Buckeye games. Now, I have to admit, this is great parenting, okay? We want to make sure that they are a fan of the right team. OH, that's what I'm talking about, right? But, but, so I admire that. But if, it's, if it is a, an unneeded pressure, if that is the point, that's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, James. We've got, Mich- we got one Michigan fan that I know of here. He's, uh, he's sitting over there shaking his head. No, no. We want to make sure that they have the newest cell phone, you know? We, we want to keep them busy, busy, busy as kids. And we are driven towards that. And I would say that the tendency for parents is to make our kids experience rich, but relationship poor. We make them experience rich and relationship poor. And I, I know the pushback here because I'm guilty of it, right? We want our kids to experience what we never got to experience as kids. Everything that we missed or, or the things that we even enjoyed as a kid, we want to make sure that they get that plus what we missed. We go, ah, oh, that was unfair for me, or maybe we just didn't have the money, or whatever it is, and I have the money, and I want to do it, or I'm going to work harder so we can have it, and they can experience it. We, we want them to enjoy all those things. We want them to be on that team. We want them to go to that school. We want them to have name brand clothes, which, by the way, if you want them to have name brand clothes, go pop some tags and go to a thrift shop. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. My kids wear Abercrombie & Fitch for $3 for a T-shirt, not 40 You know what I mean? Anyway, that was, that was free. That's not even in my notes, but that was just for you. And I have to say that our tendency to make our kids experience rich and want these things from, it doesn't come from a bad place in your heart. It just doesn't. It does not flow from a bad place. It's a good thing, right? But, but here's the thing. When it comes at the expense of relationships, well, that's a problem. That's a problem. Dad, if you're having to work two jobs so that your kid can have all these experiences, they probably don't need those, that many experiences. They probably need you more than they need anything else. You see the, the issue that happens there? And, and it, it is such a big deal um, because when we're in our 30s and our 40s and our 50s, do you know what the most important things are? It's not experiences, it's relationships. When you get up into, into your older ages and you're not you know, going to college, because like when you're a kid, it's all about you, right? It's all about you, it's about establishing your career, into your 20s, that can happen. But you, you get up into the 30s and it's, it's all about relationships. And if your kids are relationally poor, they're not going to be able to maintain, develop, or keep those relationships very well. So it's all about people. And the choice we have to make as parents is we have to evaluate our parenting on our, on our child's clothing, GPA, the GPS, their activities, or, or our ability to develop healthy relationships with our children. So how are you going to do that? You're going to say, hey, I'm a great parent because my kid did this this year, or I'm a great parent because they've got strong relationships. It's okay to have a blend of both, but you cannot lack on this relationship side. So think about this. The problems you have in your relationships, your unwillingness to forgive, your, your lack or ability, of ability to manage your emotions, your anger issues, none of it is because you weren't in gymnastics as a kid. Right? None, none of it is because of that. None of your issues as an adult have anything to do with the experiences you didn't have as a child. None of them do. None of them flow from that. And not to sound critical, but we have celebrity families all over TV, right? In our news media, in our magazines, and we look at them and we see how much they're doing. 
we look and see, and it's glamorous, isn't it? It's glamorous to be on the yachts and to go fishing and to take your kids here and to take them skydiving. And, and we look at all that and we see, wow, that's amazing. That's what I want for my kids too. I want to give them those kind of experiences. I want to give them that kind of money, those kind of clothes, that kind of car. I want them to experience the nice things in life. But then you, you, kind of, you can watch those celebrities and you can see that they are relationally poor and that their families are broken. And yet we still chase after it. We have these examples right in front of us that this doesn't work. That it's not about stuff. It's not about the stuff that you do, where you go. It's, it's not about those things. It's about the relationships. And so I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical of them. But we have these examples that are right in front of us. And that doesn't stop us. Unfortunately, seeing those examples doesn't stop us from chasing after the wrong things. So as a result of chasing experiences, we're always on the go. And then one day there's a wake-up call, right? We just talked about this in this past few weeks, these aha moments. We have one. We get this sudden awakening and we're like, oh my goodness, my kid is like, he is really acting different or his attitude has changed and I can't figure it out. You know, and so what we do in those moments, we compensate, right? We enter into, stay. We enter in, into crisis mode, right? We, we start, we, we, we uh, take ourselves down and we go, all right, well, what, what's happening here, buddy? And at that time, in that crisis mode, we, we try to develop what? Relationship. We try to develop relationship with our kids when they shift that way. Or we go to the other extreme things and we start giving them more structure. We give them more rules. We take away their privileges. And we go, all right, you're going to behave that way. Well, this is what you're going to get. Right? Like a drill sergeant. Both of these examples lack relationship. They are, they are a result of that relationship with the kid. And so, you know, uh, let me just say this. Something, something about like, uh, parenting, time out. Time out is fine. Time out is great because it works in the short term. But I, but I have to say this. Think about your personal experience. Think about all the times you got time out or you got grounded or you were restricted, right? I want you to think about all those times. Some of you are smiling because that was a lot. You're like, which time? And some of you are like, ah, I remember that time. I remember that one time. But think about that one time. During any of your time out, can you point back to that time and say, yeah, that was the moment it all shifted for me. <laughs> when my dad took away my cell phone or, you know, some of you are a little older. When my dad said you can't use the phone or, you know, locked me in my room or, you know, whatever happened to you, you know. You say that's the moment it all changed for me. That's when I shifted who I was when, man, I was like, I got to get this stuff together. Because of time out. Probably wasn't. You can't say that, that, ha that that's true for you. Restrictions just don't work in the long term, right? And if we aren't overreacting or underreacting, we're in negotiation mode, right? We get into negotiation mode with our kids when they misbehave. We see the issues with the kid and we start negotiating. You know, when, my, when I was a kid, my parents said jump. And in the middle of jumping, while I was in the air, I had to say how high, right? Now, that's silly. That's just silly because we all know I can't jump. Anyway, but like... <laughs> But, like, but, but, but honestly, that's, that's, that was my expectation. My parents expected obedience right now because delayed obedience is disobedience. That's the way it was in my house. That's how I grew up. And so I had to respond that way. But nowadays, there's, there's, there's very little of that. We see parents that are negotiating with their kids, right? One, one, and it's funny because one parent pitches the idea, okay, buddy, I think you need to take a shower, <laughs> right? And then mom comes along or dad comes along and says, okay, man, you can do this. You know, there are people in Africa that don't have access to a shower every day like you do. And, and you can do this, man. We believe in you. You can get in the shower. Now, come on. Let's go. If you do it, I'll give you some Skittles. We're, we're in negotiating mode all the time, aren't we? With our kids. And so, you know, we, we, we tell them, we believe in you. We can do this. And so the goal of this series is to talk about what we can do to change that trend. 
in ourselves and in our households, right? So how do we develop our kids to become relationally rich and grow into becoming fully functioning mature adults? That's the whole goal of this series, okay? You know, and if you're not a parent, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, you know, I, I can handle this. I know how to do this. I, I've done this before. Parenting is easy. I was a kid once, so I know how to be a parent. Look, that's like saying that you had surgery once, so you're ready to be a surgeon. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just being honest with you, okay? So, so my hope through this series is that for those of you that are not yet parents, that, that you'd humble yourself just a bit and say, you know what, I, I can learn something here. I can learn something here about how I'm going to engage with my kids and how, how I'm going to help them grow and be relationally rich, okay? <clears throat> All right. Fortunately, some of us in this room grew up in healthy homes. So you saw what it was like to see, see parents in healthy relationships. You have healthy relationships with your parents. So as I'm talking here and we talk about some of the areas where we can grow, don't feel like I'm, I'm always talking to you necessarily because you may have grown up in this and you may be growing here. And so all I need you to do is shake your head and say, amen, I can get behind that, okay? So just, just know that. Uh, and um, so today we're going to look at three key relationships that we need to help our kids develop in. And, uh, and our goal today is to help this become a filter and a framework uh, to help us evaluate our parenting. And here's why this is so important, okay? Here's why it's so important. Kids are the sum total of their experiences, decisions, and relationships. They are the sum total of their experiences, decisions, and relationships, okay? Experiences they've had in life generally stem from relationships. Think about the experiences you had as a kid, and they will probably stem from relationships. Decision they make in life often come from those relationships. Relationships affect who you are and who you can become. And so some of your biggest regrets or treasured memories come from experiences you had as a result of relationships. If you were to think back in your life. If, you were, if, I, if I were to run a test with you and say, think of the, of the greatest events you've ever been to, the things that you remember most, you could probably list more relationships with people than you could events or things that impacted your life. And so relationships are really, really important. And as we focus on those, we're not going to be able to control all of our kids' experiences or their decisions, but we can influence their relationships today, okay? And, uh, and, and I know that's frustrating because we want to control everything around our kids. We want to control how they behave. We want to control everything for a little junior, right? But the frustrating truth is that you can't control your kids, but you can influence them. That's a frustrating truth, isn't it? You cannot control them, but you can influence them right we want that control we want everything to be a certain way like like marlon from or Mer, marlon 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 from uh finding nemo right he's he's freaking out because nemo's done everything right he's like don't you touch that boat and nemo he touches the butt oh come on you guys don't know finding nemo yes. all right because <laughs> oh my gosh he said butt <laughs> it's in the movie Anyway, and so, so lots of stuff happening out of his control. And Marlon even confesses to Dory at one point in time. He says, he says, you just can't do these things. And she goes, you know, you can't stop everything from happening to little Harpo. <laughs> Nemo. <laughs> it's true, though. We, we can't stop everything from happening to our kids. But we do, but we do get to influence them. And so <clears throat> since we can't control it, and if your only relationship you're going to have with your kids is rules or structure or rigidity, eventually your kid will want to walk away from you. Why? Because rules without relationship lead to rebellion. I'll say it again. Rules without relationship lead to rebellion. If you're tweeting, that's a good one. Rules without relationship lead to rebellion at Simple Church OH. There you go. 
So, so today we're going to talk about three key relationships and how we can influence them. You say, wait, you're not even into the text of your message today? Nope, this is going to be a long service. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We're, we're, we're going to go for another, another five or six minutes. Just hang with me. So the very first key relationship that we can help influence our children to have is, of course, with God. Oh, you had to know that I was going to go there, right? You came to church, it's Sunday morning, right? So our very first key relationship we want to talk about is with God. And, uh, and, and, but, but if we don't talk about that, what is the other option, right? No God? Do we, do we just leave him out of the equation? We have to include God because our kids are going to grow up. And as they grow up, they're developing a worldview, right? Do you want God absent from your kid's worldview? Why is their worldview important? Because everything that you think about God and everything that you believe about God controls everything about your life. It controls how you handle money. It controls how you, uh, or influences how you handle your money. It influences your relationships. It influences your behavior. What you believe about God is important. And so we start right here to make sure that they have a solid biblical view of God, right? Jesus said in Matthew 7, which by the way, if you need a Bible today, we have Bibles for you. We'd love to bless you with one if you just put your hand in the air. Because you don't own one and would like one, I have service hosts that will get you one. We've got one, one right up here. Any others? Just raise your hand. We'll get them to you. But the verses will also be up on the screen. We're in Matthew 7, 24 through 27. And Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. The streams rose. The winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice. It's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So what are we talking about? We're talking about a foundation here. The relationship, your kid's relationship with God is foundational, and it must be built on a firm foundation. You either go with God or you go without God. And so one is, that, is a difficult foundation, right? It takes time to build it up. You know, it's going to take commitment as a parent to keep talking to your kids about God. And the other one is, is, is a no-brainer. You don't have to think about it at all if you're going to exclude God from, that, from their lives. But I will say this. Someday, the storms of life are going to come against them. It is going to happen. And their experiences won't matter. Vacations that they took, sports that they played, their clothes, their toys, none of it will matter. Relationships will, and their relationship with God will matter whenever, they get, whenever life hits them. And so my encouragement to you as parents today or future parents is to find ways to help build their relationship God, with God. So how are you doing that? How are you going to do that, right? I would say bringing kids to, to church on Sunday morning is a great way to start. Right? Why? Because you're in an environment where we're talking about God. You're in an environment where they get to see us loving each other. This, this is an appropriate environment. And some of you say, well, I don't want my kids to resent me. That's why I don't drag them to church. Well, let me tell you, there's a greater danger out there, right? You think that that's a risk that they would drag, that they would resent you because you took them to church. But the real risk is not living a consistent life in front of them. Like you can bring them to church on Sunday that's if you want to. But if you act like an angel here and then go home and act like the devil, that's the greater risk to me. So as a parent, you have to have a commitment not only to bring them here, but to live your life out in front of them as a Christian. And then as you do that, to begin to explain why you live your life a certain way to them. Say, this, I love God and I am obeying him this way. And have those conversations with your kids so that they can begin to understand that. <clears throat> here's, here's an example. If you sin against your kids, if you sin against them, you need to go and apologize to them. You need to ask them to forgive you. And you need to tell them why. 
I sinned against you. And your kids are always going to look at you and say, that's okay, Dad. And, and I go, nope. No, it's not okay. The Bible says that I behave this way towards you, that I love you as I love myself. And I've sinned against you. That I didn't do this action or whatever it was out of love towards you. I'm living my life in obedience to God, living in a way that is honoring Him and explaining that to my kids. And so they see that lived out. Because it's not, it's not a matter of, of if we make mistakes. We are going to make mistakes as parents. It's when we make mistakes, right? So what do you do? And so you live that life out. That's just one example. Just one example. Live out your faith. Explain how God's expectations for you are lived out. You know, do you pray for your kids? Do you pray with your kids? You know, when they fail, do you make them feel like they are a failure in the eyes of God? Or do you explain to them that there is love, that there is grace, that there is mercy that is available to them from God? And that all they have to do is repent, turn from that thing that they were doing. Do they understand that relationship with God the way that you understand that? You know, I, 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 I have to tell you, I mentioned earlier that my kid, my kid cussed somebody out, and he did. And one of the first things that I asked him was not, why did you do it? I didn't shake my fist at him. I didn't yell at him, although I was a little irritated. You should have heard the word he used. And, um, and I was a little irritated, but I, I, I said to him, I said, so the first question was, so how are you and that person that you cussed out? The response was incredible. The response was, well, I went to him and I apologized. And I said, I had no business doing that. I had no business talking to you that way. Without being told to, without being coerced, went and did it. And I said, so how are you relationally with that person? We're good, Dad. We're good. And I said, you know what, man? That, that opened up a whole conversation to where I got to speak to him about, you know, it's not about when, just like I said a minute ago. It's not about if you mess up. It's when you do and how you handle yourself. And I praised him and I let him know that was a God-honoring way to handle yourself. And so I'm going to build and continue to build that foundation with my kids. So are you tearing your kids down? Are you criticizing them more than you're praising them when, in relationship to God? Are you, are you identifying those opportunities for them? Talk about Jesus. With my son, I was able to talk to him about Jesus and about Peter. And it was just really, really cool. So develop that relationship with God, with your kid. Okay. The second and most critical relationship, of course, is with the parents. What are you doing personally to enhance your child's relationship with you? What are you doing to do that? If your only interaction with your child is after they've done something wrong, you're too late, right? It's like a kid running through the house and then slamming his head into the countertop, right? You're already too late. The damage is done, right? You, th that's, that's what that's like. If you're only interacting is, is when they've done something bad. It's not very helpful. As parents, we need to be proactive in our parenting relationship. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Never do anything in your actions to alienate your kids. That's what this is saying. Don't do anything to alienate your kids, to push them away from you. Instead, find ways to guide them at every chance that you get. Because all we can do is our best, right? That's all we can do. We can nurture and guide them through relationships. That, that's, that's what we can do. We can build relationships through time with our kids. Time is the currency of love with our children. See, they don't need the newest Apple product. They need your time. You know what your kids need more than they need a vacation? Cool clothes or to be on that sports team? Your time. They need your time. They need you. So learn how to talk with your kids and not at them. This is another suggestion on how you can build your relationship with them. Learn how to talk with them. Talk to them. 
not at them. With your body language, your tone, all of that can be the major shift in the way that you deal with your kids. We need to find ways to encourage our kids more than we criticize them. Are you their biggest fan or their cheerleader or are you constantly picking on them, right? Are you constantly bringing up their failures? Are you constantly talking about areas that they are not so strong in? Or are you finding every opportunity to build them up? Are you identifying those ways? Another way that you can build your relationship with your kids is let them win some battles. Let them win sometimes. You don't have to win everything. As a parent, we feel like we have to win all the time, don't we? We feel like, hey, I've got to be the guy in control. I've got to be the guy or gal in charge, right? But for example, my, my kid comes down the other day, and they're wearing a striped shirt and plaid shorts, and they're going to go to school that way. Now, I didn't tell them they couldn't, but I identified the clash and the issue. And I said, you can go to school however you want to. I'm just letting you know. That looks horrible. <laughs> but if this is the way that you choose to be unique, I love you through it, and I let them, and I let them win. I didn't need to win then. Here's an example. You can let your kids win, and that builds relationship with them. Let's them know they can make choices and that you're comfortable with some of those things that they're going to do. Hmm. You know, sometimes your kid's going to fail, right? Resist the opportunity to continue to bring it up because if you continue to bring it up, it's going to build a wall with them. If they, can't get, they can't go forward if you keep bringing up their past failures, right? They always live in that one place. You've got to let it go. Help them get past. Be mature yourself as a parent. The last relationship, and I'm only going to take a few moments. The last relationship to help them build is, is outside influences. What are you doing to influence relationships outside of your home? In Proverbs 13, 20, it says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companions of fools will suffer harm. We know this is true, don't we? We know that it's true. This is more than friends. This is all-encompassing. It involves being intentional about inviting people into your kids' lives, about inviting certain people. This is more than controlling the fact that they don't hang out with little Johnny because Johnny's got an airsoft gun, or my kid because he spray paints things. This is more than controlling that. This is about intentionally bringing people into your child's life. I'm not just talking about kids. I'm talking about adults as well. See, the thing is, is you're already influencing who they are with. You're either doing it intentionally or unintentionally. Unintentionally is very dangerous. You just... Bring whoever around them. That, that is a very dangerous thing for them. When I was growing up in high school, I had this, I had this teacher who kind of said, said, said it this way. He said, he said he, and, he had a, and he had a unique voice. He said, show me who your friends are and I'll, I'll show you who you are. Right? Believe it or not, I got chased out of a youth service because I impersonated him once. Anyway. <laughs> or let me say it another way. Your friends will determine the direction and quality of your life. And so who are you allowing to influence your kid? Who are you bringing into their life so that they can grow? I mean, like it's a great thing to have an, another adult that you trust and know is a, a, a man or a woman of God to influence your kid, to let them take them out and play football with them or take them and get ice cream, you know, whatever. But allowing it to be more about that relationship than just the experience, right? What you need to know is you're already doing this. You're already bringing kids in or bringing people into your kid's life. Do it intentionally, not unintentionally. So here's your questions this week, and we're going to wrap up with these, okay? Here's your questions this week, and this is kind of where we're going as a series. So uh, here they are. What are you doing to advance your kid's relationship with God? The second question is, what are you doing to enhance your child's relationship with you? And the third question is, what are you doing to influence your child's relationships outside of the home?
That's your homework for this week. Think through those things as a parent. Or just take notes. And when you've got kids, identify those things. But ask yourself those tough questions. And if you do, if you'll if you be willing to, it may reveal some areas where you need to grow or areas where you get a gold star for, for, for great work. But either way, let's, let's commit to being able to do that as a church. And let's commit to being here for the rest of this series. Bring friends. Bring family. Bring people that maybe don't even know God. I'm okay with that. Because they can only grow from hearing these kind of things. Th- these are our wise things that we're going to do to influence and to help our children grow. So let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for uh, this congregation, Lord, for the opportunity to grow as a parent myself and to, uh, to help them and encourage them in their growth as a parent. Lord, I'm looking more forward to seeing relationships with their children that grow, not just in parents, but the, the kids' relationship with you. I'm looking forward to, to watching as we all grow together. I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for it. Right now, if you're in this room and you say, you know, Aaron, I, I'm, I don't even know anything about God. You say, you know, I, I want to. I want to get connected. I want to say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. I want to be part of this fellowship that you're all in. I want to be part of the family you talked about seeing. If that's you and you say, I need to make that commitment. You say, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life and begin that relationship and begin this walk. And I, I want to hang with you guys at Simple Church. If that's you, would you put your hand up and let me know that you're here so we can pray for you? Nobody's looking around. I don't want to embarrass you, but if that's you, just raise your hand. Awesome. Father, I pray that, uh, that you would just, again, bless all those that are here. Help us on our journey to become parents. As we humble ourselves and pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, show us how we need to grow. Guide us as parents and, uh, and, and, and help us as we grow as parents. Lord, when we come up against something difficult to grow, to choose to mature, to choose to submit our lives and our hearts to you, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This time I'd, I'd invite our service hosts to come, uh, pass the offering buckets at this time. Look, if you were a guest with us today, you're under no obligation to give. We are so just thankful that you guys are here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here.